What is going on, movie lovers? Welcome to another edition of No Content for Old Men, the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. As always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for listening. This week, Oscar movie season has officially arrived with the release of Aaron Sorkin's The Trial of Chicago 7. Does it live up to the hype? We'll be talking about that one in our feature review. Plus, this newsletter and podcast's patron saint, Lily James, is starring in a new movie also on Netflix. It's a, another rendition of Rebecca, so you know we'll be talking about that. A new season of David Letterman's show has dropped. He is my bearded godfather. <laughs> and with some streaming suggestions, I went full Sorkin. So you will have to wait and see what we're talking about there at the end of the show. But for now, oh baby, the trial of Chicago 7. Let's jump into it. One could have a fierce debate about who is the greatest screenwriter of all time. Is it William Goldman or Robert Towne, Billy Wilder, Charlie Kaufman, the Coen brothers, maybe even Quentin Tarantino? But I promise you that conversation will always include Aaron Sorkin. At the very least, his credits define the voice of the modern American great man archetype. I'm talking about A Few Good Men, The West Wing, The Social Network, Moneyball, The Newsroom, Steve Jobs, just to name a few. The thing no one will ever label Sorkin is subtle. His his heroes are always heroic. His dialogue is always impossibly sharp, and his dilemmas can always be solved by decency and the power of a great closing speech. Reality be damned. Cue the swelling string orchestra. Roll the credits. It's a formula that was an absolute knockout in the 1990s, a decade in which earnestness ruled the roost, and it has been deployed to even greater effect this century when paired with an acid-tipped touch of a director like David Fincher in The Social Network and, to a lesser extent, Bennett Miller in Moneyball and Danny Boyle in Steve Jobs. Sorkin hopped into the director's chair right around the time that self-serious, too-clever-for-its-own-good style fell out of favor. And with no collaborative force to balance the ship, you get, well, Molly's game. And now there's the trial of the Chicago 7, which follows the aftermath of a Vietnam rally turned violent in 1968 Chicago. If ever there was a need for nuance and something less than a rosy-eyed view of the world, it's this tale of police brutality, government protest, and racism. It's ironic because a running argument um, between the defendants and the trial is whether or not their proceedings should be considered a, quote, political trial or simply a dispute over the facts of the case. The movie has the same struggle. It clearly, desperately, wants to stand for some sort of political statement that will resonate to us watching in 2020, but doesn't really develop beyond an entertaining depiction of a trial. Sorkin takes the bad apple approach, rather than attacking the system. The judge for the case is a force of total evil, for no apparent reason other than to oppose our protagonists, except that it seems to be historically pretty accurate. And even the prosecution's motivation to go after these particular protesters is kind of yada yada, again, probably pretty accurate. And that imbalance in the movie leads to pretty frustrating and unsatisfying drama. And I'm realizing that this is all pretty true to real life. So what you get is a very procedural courtroom docudrama. There's opening statements and witnesses and an entire exchange dedicated to the distinction of voir dire, which I had to look up later, 
and there's objection sustained and strike that from the record and basically everything else you'd expect from a 130 minute movie in which 100 of those minutes roughly take place inside the same courtroom. I'm not one of those people who believes that every movie has to contain deep observations about the world around us. I mean, think about A Few a few Good Men, for example. It's an incredible movie with no real ideas or statements to make. The difference is when you come out with a protest movie marketed as a capital P protest movie in a year like 2020, chants of the whole world is watching sound a lot like Sorkin saying, here is my grand statement about the world, when in fact it's just a very traditional old-school exercise in screenwriting. Of course, the person doing that writing is still Aaron Sorkin. The dialogue is as fast and as sharp as ever. It's irresistible catnip for all of us who wish to be as clever as these characters. And the movie is anchored by really no less than a half dozen absolutely knockout acting performances. Sasha Baron Cohen moves really to the front of the Oscar conversation for his portrayal of countercultural leader Abby Hoffman, and he's given all the funniest and smartest lines in the script. And he delivers them at an elite level. He, he proves here that when he's not busy being Borat, he can really be one of our best actors. Eddie Redmayne is Tom Hayden. And um, yeah, I'm not really a big fan of Redmayne, so I'll leave that one alone. Even if Hayden turns out to be the true hero of the movie, Mark Rylance was really born to be a Sorkin lawyer. He's always awesome. Yahya Abdul-Mateen absolutely steals the movie in his limited screen time as Black Panther leader Bobby Seale. And somehow, hippie Jeremy Strong from Secession turns out to be my favorite character in the whole movie. All of which is to say it's a successful movie without really being a totally effective one. It will contend for a shelf load of awards, especially in the acting categories, and hold the interest of any viewer who happens to click on it on their Netflix queue. But it doesn't really transcend its immediate events. The type of thing where the credits roll and you're on the usual string-induced Sorkin high, and then five minutes later you're wondering what the heck was the point of any of that? I highly recommend it, despite what I've said here. I have a feeling those with no desire to read deeply into their film experiences will come away with a far different and more positive reaction. Watch it for yourself, and let me know your thoughts. Okay, every week, something new, something old, and something to stream. This week, we've got two something news. One is Rebecca on Netflix. As I mentioned, Lily James is the patron saint of this podcast and star of this Ben Wheatley adaptation of the classic novel of the same name alongside Army Hammer. It's a little disappointing to me that James' career path is less the new Julia Roberts and more the new Keira Knightley destined to pop up in every Victorian period piece and sappy music movie from here to eternity. Not that I'm complaining about that for the record. I wrote this movie off as another disposable piece of Netflix eye candy and it certainly is that discrediting the book that I was forced to read at some point in school and tried to convince myself I hated, and the Alfred Hitchcock adaptation that I never saw, but by all indications is a much better adaptation than this one. And let's be clear, this movie is beautiful. It's actors, it's elaborate set design, it's lighting, it's cinematography, but it turns out to be more than that. It's a compelling story about insecurity and status propelled by a few key mysteries and plot twists. I can recommend it for any fans of those Keira Knightley period movies or fans of Army Hammer and Lily James' Perfect Faces. And that should about cover everyone. My other something new this week is My Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman. Yes, a new batch of episodes has dropped on Netflix. And I have no illusions of objectivity when it comes to Letterman. 
my bearded godfather. I, I love the man, and I love his late career turn as deeply thoughtful interviewer to A++ level stars. His new season dropped Wednesday and includes Kim Kardashian, Robert Downey Jr., Dave Chappelle, and Lizzo. That's an insane lineup. And as always, they are must-watch interviews. Something old this week, it's 2000's The American President. Aaron Sorkin may never be able to top his first script, adapted from his first stage play. I'm talking, of course, about A Few Good Men, but I'm going to assume that you all have had the good sense to see that movie no less than, I don't know, a dozen times by now. We're less than two weeks away from a presidential election, so it seemed appropriate to return to this very land, where the office of the president was still a dignified position. The movie is incredibly cheesy and fundamentally flawed, like the president should not be dating a lobbyist. But like many Sorkin projects, it's irresistible with wish fulfillment. He says he used the leftovers from this movie to form the basis for the West Wing, which is really reason enough for its existence and abundantly obvious from all the walk and talk action. If you're like me, you can't get enough of that stuff. Something to stream this week, also on Netflix. My goodness, everything is on Netflix this week. I'm talking about 2018's Set It Up. Somehow, the rosy eyed depiction of New York City in romantic comedies never, ever fails. And even though my memory of this shamelessly formulaic rom-com has faded since its release in 2018, I never forgot that greasy pizza scene up the fire escape. Anyway, <laughs> this movie exceeded my memory and I think was probably very underrated in the year it came out. It's a crime. Leads Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell aren't big-time movie stars yet because they have mega wattage here. On the whole, it's one of those movies where the flaws are obvious, yet easily dismissed, using the very same verbal device, the I hate you, you dress poorly, and yet <laughs> employed in the movie's climactic profession of love. It's really an impossible movie not to fall for, and whether it's for the first time or the 50th, you should definitely enjoy Set It Up this weekend on Netflix. That's going to do it for this week's show, guys. It is officially that time of year where the good movies are going to be coming fast and furious from this point forward. Next week, I know we're going to be talking about Sofia Coppola's On the Rocks, which is on Apple TV Plus starting Friday. And if you haven't seen it or you have access to Apple TV+, I recommend you jump on that. I also know I want to be talking about the stand-up comedy movie, The Opening Act. So we'll definitely hit those two next week, and who knows what else is going to pop up. I know that the uh, new Woody Allen movie, A Rainy Day in New York, is floating around in the ether somewhere. So if I can track that one down, we'll also be talking about that next week. Oh yeah, it is getting to be that time of year for movies where all the good stuff is coming out. Obviously, Mank is... In the immediate future, we get a new trailer for that one this week. If you want to head over to the newsletter, you can watch that trailer and see my reaction to it. And yeah, guys, uh, it's it's about to be a very exciting time for this newsletter and uh, for me personally. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned. And um, yeah, please feel free to spread the word about this podcast, about the newsletter. Until next Friday, guys, I guess I'll see you at the movies. <laughs>